This is Jimmy Burns from Melbourne, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things that are we importante to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City and the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland, Ohio. Welcome in. Happy to have you aboard here for the show. If you have always dreamed of calling in and letting me know what's on your mind as it relates to the world of live fire cooking, I'm more than happy to take that phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show. All guests appear via the this one. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't subscribe to the newsletter. By the way, if you haven't subscribed yet, head on over to that main website that I just gave you at the very top of the navigation. There's a little link that says newsletter. Dump in the quick bits of contact information. And then every Tuesday, right around lunchtime, you'll get the distribution of the newsletter. And that'll give you a heads up on what's happening for the show later that evening. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to the show on podcast through any type of podcast platform. Just search The BBQ Central Show. Inevitably, it will come up no matter what the platform is. Subscribe, and then you'll never miss an interview segment or otherwise going forward. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is the third Tuesday of the month. Last month, kind of missed more than hit this guest, but typically you find him here the third Tuesday of each and every month. He is a multiple-time author. He is a 2015 barbecue inductee class member. He also gives cooking class instruction over at the Broadmoor, which is very high society. Plus, did I mention TV show host? Yeah, I think I did. You know, it's Stephen Reichlin, of course. He'll be joining us. Lots to discuss with Stephen as it relates to the new book coming out, as it relates to the new TV show that'll be coming out here in a matter of weeks. Plus, some other secret questions that I have devised that he may or may not have thoughts, opinions, and or answers to as I ask him. So stay tuned for Stephen Reichlin coming up shortly. And then 35 past the hour, we will be joined by who is a growing third Tuesday of the month, second segment guest, one of the co-founders of the State Cook-Off Association. Brett Galloway will be joining me. We have a lot to talk about with Brett, since the last conversation we had last month, there's been a number of great events that have taken place over the last four weeks, not the least of which is the triple event that took place just this past weekend in Nebraska, and talk about 
all types of weather conditions being thrown in there. So we'll talk to Brett about that. Got some big upcoming events as well as some news as it relates to the very final event for the State Cookoff World Championships, locations, times, all that stuff. So stay tuned for 35 past the hour and that conversation. Then we'll move into the second hour, and I will be joined by a first-time guest, but we will be getting caught up on one of the sponsors of the show and things that they are working on for the remainder of the year, things they want to promote. Also, we'll get a quick heads up on where the current status of the Committed Cooks program is. I am, of of course, talking about Smithfield, and I will be joined by first-timer Belinda Niebling. I believe she's actually working for the marketing department of Smithfield or the marketing firm that partners with Smithfield in that regard. Emily is, uh, last I saw on Instagram, was out on the left coast taking in Jimmy Kimmel, hanging out with the likes of a Sterling Ball and some other top-name chefs. Taylor Davis probably doing work in the Kansas City, Missouri area. So we get to meet Belinda, learn a little bit about her, but more importantly, see what's happening with all the good stuff that Smithfield is bringing to the Live Fire Cooking Arena. And then helping me close out the show, 35 past the second hour. As I had mentioned here a couple weeks ago, plus we did have a conversation going on maybe a month ago with the founder of the World Food Championships, Mike McLeod, talking about the final table. And at that point, still was weeks away. Well, now we are literally days away for the very first unveiling of final table for, in essence, what is the closure to the 2017 World Food Championships. So once again, if you're not familiar with this setup, in years past or all of the years past of the World Food Championship, there has been a defined week, typically in November, where you have all of these cooking heats, if you will. You get your qualifiers, you get a top 10, those top 10 cook off head-to-head at the end of the week, and an overall winner is determined all within that seven-day period. This is the first year, or now, 2017, was the first year that they did all of that, except they held the top 10 aside. They didn't put them head-to-head, to-head-to-head-to-head, all the way at the end of that week to gain an overall winner coming out of 2017. Instead, they held those or they reserved those top 10 and launched out the new final table structure, which is going to be taking place here this coming weekend, April 21st, April 22nd. So there has been a number of weeks and months in between. So we'll talk to Fred about, I'm sorry, maybe I just let the cat out of the bag. Fred Robles will be joining me to talk about that. Rio Valley Meats, he's the barbecue top 10 finalist. And he'll be going up against the other nine to determine overall winner. So we'll get an idea of what he's thinking about, what he's gearing up for, what he's allowed to bring, who's who he's allowed to bring. Of course, if you follow World Food Championships or you have a insider track like I do, he didn't have too bad of a partner down in Alabama during the World Food Championships of 2017, that being Ernest Cervantes. Is he going to be able to bring Ernest with him? Is it just him? New posse? Mike said he gets to bring a pit. Is it going to be his pit? I mean, lots of questions to be answered here as we look ahead to what will inevitably crown a World Food Championship of what will be 2017, I guess. So that's what you have on tap. Your phone calls and emails as well. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. All right, so I wanted to make an announcement. First and foremost... If for whatever reason you are a huge fan of iHeartRadio, which I believe is Clear Channel, 
in whatever existence that is these days. The show, the Barbecue Central show, is now listed in iHeartRadio in the podcast section, which is a growing section of that whole platform. So if you don't like iTunes and you don't like Google Music and all this other stuff for whatever reason, the ones that, the mainstream podcast catchers, this show is now available on iHeartRadio. So go to the website. I think you have to do a very basic sign-up in order to gain access without being prohibited to listen, or you can download the iHeartRadio app. Maybe a lot of you have already done that. Then just go into the podcast section and search the Barbecue Central Show, and away you go. So now, not only is the number one barbecue podcast rated by NBBQA available on iHeartRadio, but now the number five podcast <laughs> is available on the same radio station website. So if you like iHeartRadio, use that, search the show, and sign up there. I don't know if you can get notifications per se, like you can with the regular podcast platforms, but that's neither here nor there. We'll see how it goes. Let me know if you're an iHeartRadio fan. I would love to hear how that works out. In regards to podcast segments, I have talked about it numerously on this show here over the past handful of weeks, and... You know, for years and years, ever since the release of the show, I've done the live show on a Tuesday. I have uploaded the show for podcasts, and you get the 120 minute dump, and then you listen to it at will. Over the last handful of weeks, I've been doing uh, what uh, John Dawson has called a nuggetization of the podcast, where I've either done it by segment and release over the course of a number of days. Last week, it was hour number one on a Wednesday, hour number two on a Thursday just to see where the downloads come in and how much of the show is being consumed percentage-wise, because I do have some access to that now. And I think what it will ultimately look like, unless there is a completely different swing over the next couple weeks, is you will get hour number one on Wednesday. You will get hour number two on Thursday. It does have the capability of being a little bit less of a download time-wise, so you can consume it a little bit more. That, at least that's the reaction I'm getting from the podcasters that are writing in. I think going down section by section might be a little too much. You might lose a little continuity. And I think by and large, getting one hour on Wednesday and then the second hour on Thursday is going to work that sweet spot. Again, unless something completely blows up here over the next couple of weeks and people say, hey, just do the 120-minute dump like we're used to. We'll hit the pause button. We've never really had that much of an issue with it anyway. But again, got to maximize the downloads as well, so... That's what's going on with that. That's why you don't just get the whole 120-minute dump, at least over the last handful of weeks. Tinkering, if you will. Love to tinker. Want to make it just right. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the number one online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies gets you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Big Papa Sterling Ball himself, from the award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Now, if you're a backyard barbecue fanatic or a competition pro, Big Papa Smokers has something for you. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Pride, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard alike. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary Whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for family and friends, Big Papa Smokers' award-winning rubs and seasonings just don't disappoint. Pick them up 
buy the bottle and truckload at BigPapaSmokers.com. You know, over the past few years, there's this little thing called the West Coast offense that a lot of the competition teams are looking to get at. Kind of cornered the market on competitive barbecue, redefined flavor profiles that cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They also have an exclusive online partnership with Simply Marvelous Barbecue Rubs, so stop by that store and pick up some today. They also own the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that would please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce, one of the top-rated barbecue sauces, at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from all the rubs and sauces, they also offer a great line of charcoal and pellet smokers. If you're in the line or the market for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, and they offer special packages. Nobody else does that. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. How about the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer? Sure. If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that's easy to use and will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure of what grill you might need? That's fine. You really can't go wrong with any of the grills or smokers featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook. So here's what we know. Let me surmise. Big Papa Smokers, the number one place to go for all things barbecue. If you have any questions, you can call them at 877-828-0727 or visit them online at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com, BigPapaSmokers.com. Stephen Reichlin coming up. Stick around. Be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard worldwide, so you can be the pit master of your neighborhood or the king of your cul-de-sac by visiting ButcherBBQ.com to stock up. Always trust your butcher. Always. All right. Well... I can tell you right now, we're not off to a good start. Oh, well, maybe let me let me not jump ahead too much. I guess but let me let me try this. Maybe we'll be all right. Hey, my first guest is seen the third Tuesday of each month on this show, a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, TV show host, a barbecue cooking class instructor, multiple time author, and most importantly, a friend of this show. Let's race over to the hotline and welcome back Stephen Reichland to the show. Stephen, how are you, my friend? Everybody, I'm good. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous. Always appreciate you making time for the show, Stephen. So uh, a lot of things to get to right off the bat here. So, um, you know, last month we kind of missed each other there in the air, but it was National Paella Day, uh, the third Tuesday of that month. So for the folks that have no idea what paella is, and you did kind of a a good piece on the blog there, what is paella and, and why should we consider having that this weekend or perhaps one night over the summer? 
Well, paella is a, a sort of Spanish rice pilaf, and the reason it's of interest to our people is that it's traditionally cooked over a wood fire. And depending where you are in the south of Spain, you might cook, find it cooked over an orange wood fire or a grapevine fire. Uh, you start with a large flat pan. Uh, in it, you say to saute what's called a sofrito, onions, garlic, red bell peppers. Then goes in a short grain rice, a little bit like uh, Italian arborio. Uh, the traditional, traditional old-timey recipe, uh, the proteins were snails and rabbit, you know, whatever you could eat off the land. Mm. Most Americans think of a seafood paella today. Uh, but it's a spectacular dish. It's a great party dish because you can just make it as for as many or as few people as you like. You cook it outdoors. When you cook it over a campfire, you get a wonderful smoky flavor. And in fact... We're doing it in the new uh, Project Fire TV show. So uh, I really had fun with it earlier this year. Is there a specific paella pan that you need to get or just however big of one you have, you can kind of make do? Well, there is. Uh, traditional paella pan has uh, sides that slope upwards and outwards. It's made with carbon steel. Uh, it's got two handles on the sides, and depending on how many people you're cooking for you can get a two-person paella 12 16 18 you know 40-person paella pan uh, they come in all sizes Stephen reichland joining me here on the show you uh, mentioned the tv show project fire and that uh, paella is going to be part of that yep let's talk a little bit or if we can kind of pull that curtain back as i like to do with the folks that are doing tv and of course uh, nobody's been doing grilling and barbecue shows probably longer than you have Stephen. so as you are gearing up, you know, let's talk a little bit about menu creation and do you and how far forward in advance are you looking at location and what the weather is going to be like, you know, weeks out and does that play into what kind of a menu you might be putting together? Uh, well, the menu is really put together the same way I put the menus for my barbecue university together, and that is uh, from a pedagogical point of view. I'm thinking about what principles I want to teach, what techniques I want to show, what foods I want to feature, uh, what themes I want to feature. We shot back at the Alice Hall Guest Ranch in, uh, in Solvang, California. So obviously, wine, a big flu influence. We did a show on wine country grilling. We did another show. Uh, on Southern California grilling, we did a third show on pack rim grilling, you know, because there's so much Asian influence in Southern California. Uh, and all of those uh, factors enter into the uh, menu planning. Uh, new this year, really exciting for me, is uh, we did a series of uh, road trips and field visits. So almost every show, you're going to see me at one of my favorite grilling restaurants, either in Los Angeles or in the Santa Inez Valley. Uh, it's, it's a great way for me you know, to, to introduce the people, uh, introduce viewers to the people I learn from and admire, uh, and also to get a different perspective. How big of a crew do you take when you shoot one of these TV shows? Is it as trim and shoestring as we might think it might be, or is it a little bit more of a production? Oh, I only wish because it's a very expensive crew. We have about 20 when we're in, wow. in on the set. Uh, it's about 20 people. Uh, you know, we've got four or five people in culinary. We've got, uh, four or five camera guys. We've got engineers. Uh, we've got the fire wranglers who set up the grills and light the chimney starters. Um, 
It's a, it's a the production coordinators. It's, it's a big, big show. And then when we were on the road, that crew shrinks down to about six people, you know, which is a, still a pretty substantial crew. Uh, by the way, you know, the weather, I, I think there's a little project smoke, project fire curse. Uh, once again, <laughs> we were there the coldest week of the year. Yeah. Uh, so when you see the behind the scenes shots, you know, me, I'm kind of in a shirt or a sweater because I'm trying to look like it's summertime. You look at the crew there in parkas and wool hats, scarves. Yeah, it was bitterly cold. You know, so they're loaded down. You're talent in front of the TV trying to gut it out. Do you notice it when you are recording that the elements are a little bit unfriendly? Uh, yeah, we didn't have bad wind this year. You may remember from Project Smoke. Uh, year two, we actually had a rainstorm come up during a Bristed segment, and uh, my producer wisely decided to shoot through that. So that was kind of fun to to see what it's really like, you know, because that's that's what it's really like for people in the backyard. You know, you can't control the weather. Uh, this year was just cold. We did some night shoots. You know, one shoot, one shoot, we woke up, there was frost on the set in the morning. I had to wait for it to melt to start shooting. How long of a process, or I guess the better question is, we're watching a finished show. Let's say we're watching, you know, episode two of season three, and we see it. It's all in a nice package. Time fits in all this uh, stuff. So we see the finished product. But how long does one episode take raw before we see it in its edited version? Uh, it takes about two weeks to uh, to put the raw footage together. I would say for half an hour show, you know, we're probably shooting 10 to 15 to 20 hours of, uh, of tape. Remember the three main cameras and then we've got GoPros and we've got a drone. So all that has to be put together, uh, cut down. Uh, I see it at what's called the rough cut stage where they've cut it, you know, more or less the time within five minutes, go through it. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, Pretty painful sometimes to watch yourself on television, uh, but uh, you know we—it's uh, a, a lot of work goes a lot of work goes into producing a show like that. I, I mean, I would assume at this point you have trusted colleagues to where you know maybe you don't want to be as brutal on yourself as you should be, or perhaps the opposite. Maybe you are too brutal on yourself. You have to have other sounding boards there that say. You know, Stephen, we should go back out and reshoot this because it's really not going to hit the mark. Or, hey, you're not as bad as you think here. I think we hit the marks. We covered everything we need to. This one's good, and let's move on to the next. Uh, you know, you do the best job you can under the circumstances. Uh, yeah, we do reshoot stuff, but, you know, in effect, I mean, we've got two weeks to shoot the show, and we've got to get the material in those two weeks. Now, I'm going into a studio, uh, an NPR studio down here in Miami tomorrow and doing voiceovers because that was another element we added this year and kind of do voiceovers to the show, which I think makes it more interesting. Uh, every year, you know, what? to some extent, it's an outdoor grilling show, but we always try and find a, a, a new approach, make it look new, make it feel new. It does seem that the American public is requiring more and more access. I think you would agree that if you look back at those very first versions of Barbecue University over in White Sulphur Springs, it yeah. was, you know, it was pretty. Steven's there. He's doing a recipe. He gets through it. And that's kind of it. You had a nice fire roaring in the background. Now you look at Project Smoke and what I imagine will be Project Fire. You get to see that portion, but then you're going to see 
if the wind comes up and you're going to see what's happening behind the scenes and like people are almost requiring to have full access anymore, regardless of it's a Stephen Reichland production or the Kardashians or NBA basketball for that matter. Well, you know, we did it because you watch like the old shows, you think it's just one guy in front of a, a camera, but you know, it's a crew of 20 and I wanted to honor them, pay homage to them and introduce them. And, you know, some of the crew becomes characters. I mean, Chris, our field chef is a terrific guy. He's got a great personality on camera. He brings something to it. Nora, our food stylist brings something to it. In the new show, you're going to hear action. You'll even hear my director, uh, Matt, kind of get into it when he says action. So, you know, it's fun. I, I mean, Making a TV show is uh, it's an enormous amount of work. It's an enormous amount of fun. I wanted wanted everybody to join in with me. So this TV show is obviously supporting the Project Fire book. Do we have a firm release date on that? Yeah, we do. I actually uh, have copies in my uh, in my hands now. The official launch date is uh, May first. Uh, it's shipping. Oh my God, you got it! Look at that! Look at that! Yeah, hey, that's handsome. Yeah, looks good. So, uh, you know, and that's also, that's kind of a funny thrill. Um, I mean, I've been writing books my whole life. This is my 31st. So, wow. uh, you know, I know the process, but that moment when you get that FedEx pack with the first one off the press and you open it up and the years and years of work and the dozens of passes and takes and revisions and all, and then you see it in print, it's pretty thrilling. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website, of course. Uh, you are doing a uh, book tour uh, in order to support this book as well, like you've done pretty much with uh, at least most of the books since we've kind of yep. known each other here over the years. Like I've done every year for the last uh, 20 years. I've noticed yet again, somehow, Cleveland, Ohio left off the book tour map. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on Jeez. either, man, because uh, that's always the first city I asked for, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, we're doing a lot of PBS fundraisers, so I mean, I guess we got to get after your PBS uh, station there and tell them yeah. to do a fundraiser yeah. with me. We'll have to get on the horn with IdeaStream and tell them, let's get Stephen Reichlin here so we can raise funds. I'll be on that for sure. Her boots on the ground here locally. Um, Good. How does, a, how does a tour stop come to be? Well, uh, I have a wonderful publicist at Workman Publishing, a uh, great publicity department, and um, they set up the tour and... Um, you know, we first thing we do, we do an outreach to PBS. We offer my services for fundraisers, so that kind of gives us a certain core number of cities. Uh, you know, they're uh, also, um, you know, we try and get a good geographic spread. Uh, I'm going to be in Denver for Barbecue University, you know, so it makes sense to do a stop there. Uh, I've got friends and family in Los Angeles, so I was trying to get to L.A., you know, plus we shot all these uh, field pieces for uh, Project Fires. So that would be pretty interesting to return there. Um, but a lot of work goes into it. You know, it's uh, long days for me. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I'll be taking the 6.15 a.m. flight off of Martha's <laughs> Vineyard to catch two other planes to get to wherever I need to go and then do an event that night. Uh but, you know, I, I like to say the only thing worse than doing a book tour is not doing a book tour. So, by the way, anybody yep. wants to follow my schedule on my website, which is barbecuebible.com, click under Stephen, which is in the top right-hand corner, and then look for Stephen's schedule, and that'll tell you where I am. 
So what's the expectation? I mean, obviously you are logging the hours and the time and, and doing all that stuff. From a tour stops patronage standpoint, like what's the expectation? Should we be able to think we can get a selfie with you or an autograph? If we buy the book, you'll sign the book. And will you take time out to talk shop with folks? Because uh, obviously your time Absolutely. is at a premium as well. That's one of the most fun things about book tour is kind of meeting readers and, uh, and meeting fans. And, uh, absolutely. I take time with everybody that comes to, uh, comes to a signing or a fundraiser. Uh, I love to spend time with people. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show. Stephen, do you foresee a time that traveling the world and writing books is going to seem more like work? At some point, and you decide to just get out of it altogether, do you not foresee that time at all? Well, I mean, you know, uh, eventually the Grim Reaper comes for our, for all of us at some point. But uh, I'm pretty happy. I'm having, a, I'm having a ball doing what I'm doing. I've got lots of ideas. I've got a new book in the works. I'm thinking about the next book after that. You know, the Italian project was really fun. If anybody is watching you now from Italy, they know that my uh, show, Stephen Reichland Grills Italy, is airing on Gambero Rosso. Uh, that was really fun. We're doing a book based on the show. We're talking about next season for the show. So, you know, it's um, I'm not ready to slow down yet. We had mentioned Barbecue University a little bit earlier here in the segment. Do you have a current menu or things, at least from a, a game plan, you might be looking to do during this session? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the theme of this year's Barbecue University is surprise, surprise, Project Fire. Uh, we'll be we'll be doing dishes from the book and the TV show. Uh, again, you know, it's the the menus are planned really by from a point standpoint of what do I want people to learn? What do I want to show people? Um, uh, busy menus. We start off with eight dishes in each three hour class, but that's just the bare minimum. When we get a good class, I think our record is 24 dishes in one class. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, um, people learn and grow with the school. Absolutely. Is it, for everybody, is it for geared more for like a beginner and an intermediate to raise the skill up, or can an expert level person get in there and figure out a a dime or two to take with them better their skills? Well, we try and plan the classes so that there's something in each class for everybody in terms of skill level, and uh, you know the neophyte may want to learn how to grill a perfect steak. And the, uh, you know, someone a little bit more advanced may want to tackle a brisket or do a porchetta. Uh, so there's something in the, in the class for everybody. Stephen, let me ask you one last question here, a little bit of a departure from live fire, as we typically talk about here on the third Tuesday of every month. But, you know, with your background in live fire, obviously, you know, we know all about the background, the, the literature major, and then, you know, obviously getting into the cooking as well. Do you ever put away the grill and smoker and throw down in a kitchen cooked style meal that would be uh, somewhere in the five star or Michelin star establishment type meal? Well, I do kick cook indoors. Rarely, I must say, but I do. Uh, and uh, but, you know, I would say my food is more bistro food rather than Michelin three star food. Uh, I'm not a fussy guy. I've gotten less fussy over the years. It's funny. I was uh looking at my first book uh, a few days ago. 
which was written right after I came back from cooking school in Paris. And I mean, I was making puff pastry from scratch. I was making brioche dough from scratch. I was doing salmon calibiacs. I was doing beef wellington. And my food is much simpler uh, than that now. Interestingly, though, in the uh, Project Fire TV show, we did a fish show, and I resurrected the salmon calibiac, only this version is on the grill. That was pretty fun. Uh, the TV show starts Memorial Day weekend, correct? That is correct, on PBS. Yeah. All right, so uh, check out the website, barbecuebible.com, and Memorial Day weekend, uh, PBS, you have the Project Fire TV show. In the meantime, and the third Tuesday of each and every month, you can find them right here talking live fire cooking with me on the Barbecue Central Show. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Greg, always, uh, you do a great job. Thank you. You got it. There he is, Stephen Reichley. Come on, Barbecue Bible, right? Yeah, that's where you can find them, I think. All guests appear via the Traeger yep. Grills hotline. Mm-mm-mm. And I will credit Steve Ray with that last question because he... Here's what I'm doing. If we're pulling back curtains, I do reach out to some of my advisors and say, hey, here's who's going to be on the show this week. Do you have any extra questions? Or here's my outline. What would you like to hear? What I wanted to ask him about as well, and we just weren't going to have the time to get through it, is you would recall maybe it was it a couple months ago, I was really big on what the hell is going on with Bloody Mary's. And it used to be a drink with vodka and something that looked like V8, the Bloody Mary Bloody Mary mix. You remember I had the lady on from Texas? What was her name? Oh, damn it. Well, she was like, a, it was barbecuer's wife or Bloody Mary wife, but she had like top of the line Bloody Mary mix and it was triple the price of Mrs. T's or Zing Zang or whatever, but it was, from all accounts, a tremendously better product than what you could get on the store shelves for a number of different reasons. She was going to send me a bottle, and that didn't happen. In the end, it worked out because, you know, I don't do that anymore. I don't drink anymore. So it would have been wasted now. Don't send it now. It's going to be a waste. Well, not a waste, but everybody else will get to drink but me. I'll send it to Kinger, and he can make a Bloody Mary booze team. Hey, Green Mountain Grills is really stepping up the game when it comes to the pellet world. That's right. They have three different cookers that you can choose from. Or you don't have to choose from. You can just buy all three and allow them to fit within your cooking vernacular. So you have a Jim Bowie, which is like the biggest one. You can fit multiple racks of ribs, multiple multiples, especially if you have rib racks. You can do probably six pork butts, maybe uh, three or four if you put them in pans, if you cook them in pans all the way through. Really good size there. Then you have the Daniel Boone, which is the medium size. Uh, Without pans, you're probably looking at at least four, eight to ten pound pork butts. Again, a good full packer on there. Then if you want something a little bit more portable... What are you going to want to look at? The Davy Crockett. That's right. Now, if you don't even have a plug to use with that Davy Crockett, no worries. As long as you have a vehicle with a 12-volt outlet, you can just use the 12-volt adapter, stick it right in there, and you're off and running. Now, you're not sacrificing the capacity with the portability of Davy Crockett. I mean, are you going to be able to do 10 pork butts on? No. Show me 
any portable cooker that you're going to be able to do 10 pork butts on. But can you get two or maybe three? Yeah, depending on how you TP them up there, you certainly could. Now, with the Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie, you know what I'm going to talk about right now, right? The pizza oven insert. Pizza ovens are taking off, but you don't have to spend fifteen and twenty and thirty thousand dollars importing a Bravo Fornetta pizza oven from Italy. You don't have to do that. If you have a Daniel Boone or a Jim Bowie, you can just go get the pizza oven insert for like hundred and fifty bucks. Then you rip out the guts of the cooker, you put the pizza oven insert right down on top of the fire pot, and then for point of reference, whatever you set the cooker at, you can double that. That's roughly where you're cooking at on the pizza stone. So 350 degrees on the cooker will get you about 700 degrees on the stone. I'm more in that 325 range, 320 range. I find that works best for me. I'll sacrifice adding another minute, minute and a half onto the cook so I can get my crust right, make sure that I get proper cooking all the way through. You get up too high, at least in my experience, you can you can get you can get out of control pretty quick. Then you have to have a well-seasoned pizza to eat. But that's all right. Whatever you like. But you have that control flexibility. GreenMountainGrills.com. GreenMountainGrills.com. They have pellets to fire those cookers. Also, rubs and sauces. So hit them up. GreenMountainGrills.com. And we're back with Brett Galloway from the State Cook-Off Association. Stick around. Be right back. Ready to get on the air. Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit cookandpellets.com for more information, to see their flavors to buy, and to purchase directly. Or, if you'd rather not, you can go to amazon.com and purchase as well. If you're going to buy through Amazon, go to my website first, thebbqcentralshow.com. And then, click on the Amazon link at the top, then search for Cook and Pellets. Everybody wins there. Thanks to Chris Becker and folks over at cookandpellets.com. We're going to be lining up him for another interview here sooner than later to go over some new products that they have coming out here eventually as well. Hey, who loves steaks? Well, most of us do, that's for sure. And more and more of us starting to get interested in the Steak Cook-Off Association contest. That's what it's all about. In fact, the third Tuesday of the month here is typically bringing a visit from one of the founders of the Steak Cook-Off Association. So let's go ahead and race to the Traeger Grills hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Brett Galloway. Brett, how are you, buddy? Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm doing absolutely doing fabulous. Great. Appreciate you making time for the show, as always, Brett. And a number of things to get to here during our segment time this month. A lot of events have taken place since we got together about four weeks ago, not the least of which was the one that was just most recently taking place this past weekend. But, you know, I remember last month I said, hey, would there be a possibility if we went to the east side of Cleveland and did like a team of 50 and the top 25 get brought out from there and then we go to the west side, same thing, top 25, then we have right smack dab in the middle of Cleveland, uh, those 25 meet for an overall championship. I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but there was a triple in Nebraska this weekend. Yeah, Troy Youngblood set this thing up at helping you barbecue and we had 39 teams from 10 different states made their way wow. over there. Wow. And, uh, gosh, we even had guys from Florida came up uh, 22 degrees 
couldn't think the great event. It was great. <laughs> guys had an awesome time. When when weather is getting that frightful, do you find that the spirits become even more cozy, or are people like, man, this kind of really sucks? No, I think they turn to the spirits <laughs> to get a beer to keep them warm. Right? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Warm it up going down. So I believe I saw the first day was actually pretty decent, and then overnight it mm-hmm. went really bad, and then that carried through the third day. Correct? Yeah, it just kind of de- deteriorated over the the two days. They had two on the first day and one on the second day. But um, gosh, we had um, one. I think it was six guys got calls multiple days out of the uh, three events. And then it, the way it turned out, we also did an overall grand champion there, and Robert Perkins ended up winning that, which is also leading our points chase. And Dan Judd got second, and Casey Jones out of Florida ended up third overall. Casey Jones was on the uh, the the Miracle in the Hudson, the plane that went down. Really? He's got a cook team called Miracle in the Kitchen, and he's a really <laughs> fascinating guy. He's one of the many great characters of SCA. He's a great conversation. He's got stories. How many times does he have to roll over that story? Oh, man. Every cook-off he shows up to? <laughs> uh, every cook-off he shows up. Uh, he's got a – actually, his business card has a picture of him standing on the wing. Wow. But a uh, great cook. He, uh, he ended up third on the first day, and he got a, another call one of the other days. So I think it was a great time. It was our first triple. We do a lot of double – you know, weekends where there's double, whether they're in one location or, you know, maybe 50 miles away from the other. But, you know, hats off to Troy. He pulled this off. Him and Steve did a great job running it. and Nothing but great feedback on it. And this is all in one location. Three separate contests, all in one location. <laughs> three, yeah, three separate contests, wow. all in one location with a Bloody Mary contest, I think, and a uh, chicken wing contest. So... You said on the first day there were two events. So when does the first one go off, and then how much time do they have in between the setup for the second one? And then do you have to bring in like all new sets of judges, or does everything stay the same? They had they had a different set for both both cookings. Um, so that, I believe their first one they had turn in at two o'clock. They did awards three thirty, and then they redrew. They took stakes again, and I believe they turned in at six or so on the second round. And then so they, you that, know, they chose stakes twice. And then that third day, when does that start? Uh, that they had an early, like an eight o'clock cooks meeting, which is really early oh, wow. for us. But they were, I think, they were done by one o'clock. So you want everyone could still drive home? Yeah, as you say, you want everybody to to get out of there after grinding through three events in two days, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it, it's a grind. So overall, the overall overall awards, you just taking total points for top three, and that's how you're coming out with the overall awards, huh? I believe they took total points for the top top 10 and then just combined those together. That's the way we usually do it. Now, getting an overall winner out of three doesn't contribute to more points for the SEA Team of the Year kind of stuff, correct? No, it wasn't points. It's just bragging rights. And, you know, these guys, they're all out there to have fun with each other, but they also take it serious and want to, uh, they want the bragging rights. You know, this guy, he, Overall, won the whole triple, so that's kind of neat for him. All right, so how much money can be won if I won all three separate events? How much money am I taking home? 
Uh, each one was $1,000 first place, and then I think they paid 500 for the overall, if I remember right. Oh, so there was, cash to, there was cash to win for the overall as well? I believe there was, yes. Hmm. All right, so 3500 bucks, And then what was the entry fee for that? Uh, it was three seventy five total. It's it was one fifty wow. each event, or they gave you three seventy five at discount if you cooked all three. All right. So that's pretty uh, minimal investment for the potential return you're going to get. How how far or how deep were they paying out? I they paid top ten. Really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Six. I think six through ten got some of the got their gas money back, but um, you know, top five paid pretty darn good, and then. Um, six to ten got some gas money, and they also paid out the other ancillaries. Brett Galloway joining me here on the show. Staycookoffs.com is the website in case you want to check out where a event might be popping up near you. Or, I mean, geez, sounds like this past weekend it didn't matter if it was near you or not. People driving from Florida to Nebraska potentially facing uh, life-threatening weather. I mean, that's quite a pull. Yeah, guys really showed up. It was neat to see the guys still, even with the weather, they came in for it and and we had seven events last weekend, so it was a big weekend all around. Had event in Australia and Japan, and so it was it was very spread out, but a, a great weekend. Same thing this weekend. I believe there's eight events this weekend or nine. So if you look over the last three or four weeks since our last conversation, what aside from this triple, obviously, which you said was the first one of its kind so far since SCA's been around, what are some of the other marquee events that have transpired? Uh, we did one in uh, Greencastle, Pennsylvania, and that was actually with a barbecue, Eric Forster's event, and that was the Ironman. They had to cook just one of each. You know, they could cook one rack of ribs and a brisket and a, mm-hmm. so many chicken. Anyway, we did a steak cook-off there, and that that was a great event. We had about, I think we had 46 teams there. Uh, we actually picked up two new events in Virginia and one in Delaware and one possibly in Ohio. So that market's starting to go good. It's starting to really pick up out there, which is exciting. Somebody wanted me to ask specifically, and while I never try to mention this mm-hmm. state by name, they wanted to know if uh, Michigan had anything potentially planned for it. I am actually talking to a gentleman from a uh, grill company in Michigan that wants to do one, and I'm hoping to get that done. Hopefully by the time I'm on the show next time, I'll have that for you. So is, is percentage-wise, uh, and I think we've had this conversation before, I've asked you this question mm-hmm. before, do you have a percentage of how many SCA events are tied into a festival or a barbecue cook-off or something else versus a standalone SCA event? 80% are standalone, oh, wow. um, about 20% are in conjunction with another organization or another cook-off. Um, a lot of them are, even if they're standalone, can be part of a festival. But, you know, just being hooked to another a barbecue competition, it, it adds new life. It, it brings in new people that have not tried SCA before. So it, it is a good vehicle for people to try out SCA. But it does seem by and large that if it was just Greg Rempe's inaugural steak cook-off and that was it, mm-hmm. that that business model has proven out to be very successful anyway. Yeah, that's that's our bread and butter. I mean, that's what we build things on, and it's just a different environment. It's a one-day deal, so guys can come in. You know, it's a family environment. Everybody gets there in the morning, and they leave in the afternoon. You can still make it home. The investment's small. The payout's good. We provide the stakes, or the promoter does. So it is a – the model works well. 
Brett, I know one of the other items that we were sketching out here to talk about is the new location and I think you said date for the SCA final championships. Yeah, we moved that. It's actually October, the weekend of October 6th, but we're actually in a new location. It's um, Panther Island Pavilion, which is right downtown, right on the river, very similar to a setting like Memphis and May. We'll be right on the river. The backdrop for it is downtown Fort Worth. We've got room for 400 teams. We're probably, only, wow. we're probably actually going to have about 150 to 175, but um, it's still it, it's room to grow in the future. So we're very excited. So putting and that it's our own date. Putting that deal together, do you talk multiple year kind of a deal with this location, or is that a year by year event and evaluation? We've talked to them about staying there in the future because we we want to have a home. We we had a great home at Billy Bob's. You know, it was the largest honky tonk in the world. It was a fun place, but um, we we love this atmosphere of the new place, and we hope to be there for a long time. So you said that this is your own date, which is great. I know that was key uh, for you and some of the other folks mm-hmm. there at SCA. One of the other things is your partnership or in conjunction with World Food Championships. And, you know, I'm wondering if there's like any update in regards to any of that. And then, of course, from an entry fee side, will there be the standard 100, 150 bucks or will it be a $300 charge like there are for other categories? All right. Um, that one, it's going to be a $300 um, entry fee. It's the same fee as every, all the other categories. Yeah. Um, but these guys, the stake guys were the exclusive qualifier for the stake division. And the guys have a chance. We're going to pay top 10 on the preliminary rounds. And then once they get to the kitchen, um, World Food is going to pay top 10 in there. And then just like Lisa Watney, that's an SCA member, she's in the finals this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got a chance for 100 grand. Mike's got a great deal going. Do you think that it adds a certain amount or, or even a, a bigger level of legitimacy to SAA. I mean, obviously you guys have been growing like crazy, not only here domestically, but as you take a look outside this country, there's SCA events going on all over the place. When you align with World Food Championships, do you think that kind of cements the popularity of what you guys have been able to build so far? I don't know if it's necessarily that, but we're just, we're proud to be part of that great, I mean, it's a great event. We love working with KCBS, we love working with you know, the ABA over in Australia. So it, it's just another partnership with us that we can hopefully expose ourselves to new people and hopefully keep growing. What's the current top 10 standings like? I know you had mentioned that uh, Robert currently is in first place and he's the guy that won the overall of that triple this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But what are we looking at from the other top guys right now and gals? Oh, man, you'd ask me that. Um, <laughs> Robert's in first, Dan Judd's. Um, Kendall Adair is in second. He's not too far behind. He's from Boris Night Out, the mm-hmm. big NBN team. Casey Jones out of Florida is in third. And I'd be lying if I said I knew the rest. I'm sorry. Darn it. <laughs> I just did this today also. Um, darn it. Well, that's all right. We got the top three. Um, big events uh, upcoming weekend. And then, of course, here over the next uh, two, three weeks. You know, this weekend, we've got a double event in Mississippi. There's one in Greenwood, one in Horn Lake. We've got events in, you could do a double down in Texas and hit George Georgetown, Texas, Georgetown, and you could hit Goliad. We've got another one out in Andrews, Texas. We've got seven events total this weekend. So there's really, you could, it's kind of spread around, guys. You could hit one anywhere they're at. 
you know, with the new events coming to the east, and then we've got events coming to, you know, Arizona. You were talking about the pizza. Sterling Smith's doing a pizza as an ancillary in Tempe, Arizona on June 2nd. I remember last year, I think, were you guys in Kentucky or was it Memphis where you did? It was steaks, but then you also did, uh, or did you do pork steaks in place of steaks altogether, that one competition last year? Uh, we've done pork steak as an ancillary about, probably about five or six times. Last weekend we did, they wanted an ancillary of, uh, we did deviled eggs. It was crazy, but um, I wish I would have judged. I'm just glad I didn't have to ride home with judges afterwards. No that doubt. Been- well, that seems like it would be very <laughs> dangerous. Like those things could go bad very quickly and people could be getting sick. Well, the good news, it was about uh-huh. 60 degrees and rainy, so I don't think anyone anything got into any danger zone. We is, wouldn't do that in the summer. Is there always an uh, ancillary category? There usually is. If we're, if it's a standalone, there's one or two ancillaries. It just gives guys something to do during the afternoon, but it also keeps everybody involved. You know, Maybe the spouse might want to cook the appetizer, or we have a kid's cook-off, or we'll do desserts. It just Really, it's just something, another way for others to get a call and to uh, compete. Brett Galloway from the State Cook-Off Association is typically found right here on the third Tuesday of every month. Letting us know what happened and what is coming up. Brett, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for doing it. Thanks, buddy. Have a great night. You too. There he is, Brett Galloway from the State Cook-Off Association. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. I mean, you can't argue with how popular the State Cook-Off Association is running right now. I mean, they had 40 teams doing three separate events, two in one day, no less. Then backing it right up the next day for a third and final state cookoff. I think somebody heard my idea last week and then took it from me. What's going on with my camera? On a second. I'm probably not going to be able to. Well, maybe I will. Huh. I don't know what happened. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. Makers of smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard or the competition scene, a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, the perfect one-stop shop it is. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast, Eddie Morin, the FEC 100, PG 1000, always customer favorites. The PG 1000 actually doubles as a smoker and a grill, low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers, the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives the Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698 or visit CookShack.com. That's CookShack.com. How about we try and win something? Stick around. Be right back.
word, we give stuff away. People give us stuff on the show to give away at no money for you. That's why it's free. Send an email on its way when I tell you to. That's why we give stuff away. All right, your chance to win a freshly minted Barbecue Central Show t-shirt in sizes extra large, double extra large, triple extra large, and quadruple extra large. All you have to do is be the first one to send me an email, and in the subject line, put Steak Cook-Off Rocks. And you can get your hands on a brand new Barbecue Central Show t-shirt to wear around the land promoting the show. Not the land like Cleveland, but around your land, your hometown. Whatever you like to call it. Village. Township. Email subject line. Stay cook off. Rocks. Good luck. Big name interviews. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. Thanks again to Brett Galloway. Waiting to see the emails roll in. Let me go over to the email address. All right, we got a winner. And the winner is Tim Rogers. Congratulations, Tim. Good for you. Other ones rolling in right now, just a little bit late. So, Tim, congratulations, you win. Re-email me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com with your shirt size and with your shipping address. Subject line, uh, T-shirt winner, please. And I will get those out. I got two or three other T-shirts going out tomorrow. Anyway, uh, double extra large is becoming a item of concern. Triple and quad still plentiful. Extra large would be the next one that's kind of running out at this point on this run of those gray, high-quality tri-blend shirts with the new logo on them. So congratulations. Send me that info, and I'll get that shirt out to you tomorrow. All shirts ship USPS priority flat rate. Yeah, that's right. Who's doing steak cook-off competitions this year? If I didn't hear incorrectly, I believe Brett said that there was an event that might be jumping off in Ohio. Now, that's kind of a big state, unless it's up here in the Cleveland area. But, you know, I mean, I would be willing to travel, you know, 25, dare I say, 30 minutes (laughs) radius. That puts me about two miles into the lake. We're going north. But that put me in such tropical places as Akron. Uh, Perry. As far west as Lakewood. Yeah. As far south as Strongsville. So we'll see. Brett, let me know where that event's going to be in Ohio. I might cook it and win it. You heard it here. I might cook it and win it. 
All right, let's step away and reload for the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back.